chasing on chaos. Tough love, but hold up, no chaser. All right, so what's up? This is Mike Waters. We're inside Phase One Elite, uh, and today I have my two elite trainers with me, and we're just hanging out, doing a quick podcast, just to give you guys a little bit of background, a little education on what we have going on at Phase One, and more importantly, who we have here at Phase One. So. Uh, to go ahead and get started, I'm going to ask Elicia <laughs> to please introduce yourself. Give us a little background. Hi. I, mean, I have to like, look at the camera. Yeah, you got to look right um, there. I'm Elicia. Um, I am one of the trainers here. I train all athletes um, from the youngest to the oldest. Um, I work on mobility. Uh, speed is my bread and butter. That's what I, um, I actually ran college track, but I have a background of soccer, cross country, basketball, and then, of course, track. Um, my goal here is just to help help our athletes wherever they're starting, just maintain health and um, become elite. Love it, love it, love it. Awesome. So uh, next we have Chris here. Chris, give him a little background on. What's up, you guys? My name's Chris. Um, I grew up playing all sports from soccer, football, basketball, wrestling, a little bit of track in there. Um, at kind of a competitive level at a young age from travel leagues all the way from first grade, basically until I got to high school. I stopped playing sports for a few years and got into some semi-pro football. Um, as far as training goes, I trained originally in Florida um, for about five years, training all levels of athletes from youth to college, um, as well as working with a lot of military and police. Um, and then I moved to Austin, Texas, where once again, I was specializing in training with um, high school and college football players with all sorts of athletes kind of intermingled into that. Um, and then I recently relocated to Vegas, and now I'm here at Phase 1. Same idea, just trying to build elite athletes in the best way possible. Love it, love it, love it. Awesome. So, um, and like you guys know, obviously we've been, um, you know, here in Vegas for almost 20 years now. We're approaching year 20. So, uh, for myself, you know, starting Phase 1 in 2003, it's just about continuing to grow and continue to execute the game plan, which is help athletes get to the next level. So uh, whether that's, of course, the performance training, whether that's recruiting, whatever it is, you know, that an athlete needs, we want to play a role in that. So um, so the first question that I have that I want to know is um, why did you guys even become trainers in the first place? Like what was the, the passion or what was the thought process when you decided to even cross into this industry that we call performance training? Well, you go first. first. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to get into this because I kind of already have been doing this uh, with old teammates of mine from club soccer um, that went on to play overseas um, every summer that they came home from either college or going into um, pro soccer they they went to me to train with them um, just because they know that I have kept within the fitness industry um, or just my own maintenance of just physical health um, but I wanted to work with athletes to kind of help them where I had those gaps. Um, I didn't have someone telling me what proper form was. Um, I just had the hard work. So I kind of wanted, actually finding phase one was like perfect because I wanted to work with athletes that cared um, and be in an environment where athletes um, wanted to get better, but just needed, needed the people that knew what they were talking about. And I didn't have that growing up. I didn't have that until college. So, so getting to an elite like level of college athletics and not knowing proper mechanics was really really hard I ended up getting a lot of injuries and I kind of want to help all athletes avoid the injuries I endured or just sports are just really unforgiving so yeah, yeah. no that's awesome awesome all right Chris what about you what made you 
venture down this performance training path? So sports and athletics was always extremely important to me. Um, growing up, kind of had somewhat of a rough childhood, so that was always kind of my uh, escape from what was going on in the world. Yeah. So um, as I got older, started getting closer to graduating from high school. You know, I kind of stopped growing vertically as much as I was hoping <laughs> to. Everybody was saying, you know, I could play D1 pro when I was growing up, and then that stuff kind of slowed down a little bit. So I had no clue what I wanted to do when I graduated high school. Um, people always asked me, and I was like, you know what? I really don't know what I want to do for a living. Um, and then one day, it just kind of clicked in my head. I was like, you know what? I was like, I love sports. I have a lot to give people. Um, and it kind of kept me out of trouble and kept me like growing as a person to have that in my life. So I wanted to offer that same thing to kids, to adults um, at an elite level. So um, it was something that was very meaningful in my life and i just wanted to share that with more people that's awesome yeah. love it love it love it cool so so e, you talked a little bit about um some of the injuries and stuff that you've had over your you know like college career yeah. i guess probably high school as, as well um so i mean if you don't mind what what were some of those injuries that you had to kind of work through because i just want to kind of create the parallels between you know that kind of a training program and and mm -hmm. what you learned from it uh, yeah, so a lot of back injuries, uh, scoliosis, spondylosis, three bulging discs in my um, lumbar spine, I had, uh, bilateral nerve pinch in my hips, those three stress fractures in my lumbar spine as well, and then it was tearing my hamstrings more so on the, on the right side. I knew that I had tendonitis in both my knees, plantar fasciitis in my feet, um, but when I found all this out, it was my freshman year of college, so um, they were like, you're done, you're done completely, and that just wasn't the case in my head because that it was paying, track was paying for college, so I had to just, like, find a way to get back in it, and physical therapy was the only thing that got me there, um, so I listened to everyone and any, any advice they gave me, because all I really could do was just, like, work through it, um, and a lot of it was just being patient and really, like, understanding my body and how it got to that point, because um, I feel like as athletes, we're told to, like, push through, push through pain, but we don't understand the difference between fatigue and pain, so... That's a big thing here is like I want to teach athletes to like utilize their core, um, do things not just with intent, um, but do things properly because yeah. you want to work smarter and harder, um, not just harder and <laughs> detrimental yeah. in the health long term because, I mean, these are all injuries I still have to wow. push through. So yeah. yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So, so what would be, uh, just to kind of follow up on that, what are some things that you look for or, or you incorporate when you're working with young athletes that, you know, haven't had, you know, any substantial injuries yet mm -hmm. or anything like that? But what are some things that you incorporate to kind of make sure that they prevent that? Because it sounds like if you would have had mm -hmm. a trainer like you, yeah. you probably could have prevented most a lot of the stuff that you ended up enduring. So what are some things that you look for when you're creating programming for young athletes that may walk in healthy, but you know over time you want to make sure these things are in place? Um, I think it's just honestly everything from core, um, doing everything, making sure that their kids are they're breathing properly. Uh, like I have asthma, so I already had a hard time breathing. And so breathing and not engaging my core, um, that was the biggest thing. So I'm just making sure that when we're doing any any stability work, um, also mobility. Um, I didn't, my hips were very, very tight. I feel like we all sit down a lot and we relax, re relax and put that pressure on the lower back. So I'm just kind of, and any lift we're doing, I'm just making sure that we 
are doing it properly yeah. from within the core. Yeah. Um, so when we sit up taller thinking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think we all, I was like, I did pull my hips like this. Yeah, we're talking, we're talking. Yeah. Everyone, when you, when you exactly. sit down, you want to relax and you put all that pressure on your lower back, but yeah. when it gets to a point where you're just doing it over and over yeah. again, I literally couldn't even get out of bed without pain. So like, I don't want another athlete to yeah. go through something like that. Yeah. But yeah, just core, core stability through every exercise we do because that's really like, I think the key of Avoiding every injury yeah. I endured. No, that totally makes sense. And 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 you do it. She does it. Every athlete, every rep, she will stop it. I'm a little chaotic, but she will be like, stop, time out, fix this. I'm like, ah. So I love it. So I love the balance of it. Um, so, Chris, I want to ask you, what, what are some things that, uh, what would you say are your one or two or a couple of your overall goals when a new athlete walks in and you're, you're starting a new relationship with the new athlete uh, what are some key things that you're like, this is kind of my model or my culture or how I create? For sure. What are some of those things? So when I first meet an athlete, the biggest thing is I'm trying to see how they move, mm-hmm. how they perform, kind of figure out their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, and then from there, design a game plan around that. So rather than treating every athlete like they're the same person, which isn't how it works, depending mm-hmm. on the sport you're playing, depending on your size, um, your experience levels, that's all going to kind of decide how I'm going to treat you in the beginning. Um, and then from there, I try to make it as progressive as possible. So the idea is I'm working on your weaknesses while also continuing to build your strengths. Um, so that way we can get your weaknesses to a point where it's no longer a weakness, but you're still excelling at the things you're naturally good at. Yeah. Um, so I never want to stop working on somebody's strengths just because they're good at something, because that might be what separates you from the group that you're in, whether it's yeah. basketball, football, soccer, whatever the sport is that strength you already have might take you to the next level if we make it an elite aspect of your game. Um, But yeah, I always start with breaking down the athlete completely and then fixing their movements, um, whether that's arm mechanics, leg mechanics, core, kind of like Alicia was talking about. All that kind of goes into play when I'm designing a program for an athlete. All right, so no, that's awesome, Chris. So, So a question I have for both of you guys, you guys can, you know, obviously answer however you, whoever wants to go first, but... So athletes, especially young athletes, high school in particular, their schedule's all over the place. You know, they have practice two, three nights a week, tournaments on the weekend. Uh, most of them now have a skills coach or whatever sport, a shooting coach, a, you know, whatever it is. They're at the batting case or they're just doing so much. Um, what would you guys recommend uh, an athlete do in terms of performance training? Because I know – you know, past generations, it was more like in season, off season. So you had time to like work on speed and strength and all that other stuff and then come back next season. Now these athletes tend to play pretty much year round. Mm -hmm. So is there like a minimum? Is there something that you feel is ideal? And uh, at what point does it become too much? You know what I mean? That you just kind of go, it's no longer productive. Um, So what would you guys say from a performance standpoint? What's the minimum that you would want your athlete in the building to make sure that we're still progressing. So I'll, I'll take this one first. Um, <laughs> to begin with that, you got to make sure the athlete wants to do that stuff. Cause that happened to me when I was playing soccer, when I was young, I played year round competitive, all sorts of leagues, going to wide world of sports in Disney doing small tournaments. And I got burnt out from it. I didn't want to play soccer anymore. Um, so first of all, you got to make sure you actually want to do this yeah. and you're not just doing it for the wrong reasons or your parents are making you do it, whatever it may be. Um, but if it's something you care about, you do have to make sure that there is like proper training going on. They're getting your strength training, got to get your recovery and working on skills. And you can kind of 
dial that in or out. So if you're in the middle of a season or about to go into a tournament or playoffs, obviously you need to kind of dial down like the intensity levels, but you can always work on things that aren't going to tax your body, like hand-eye coordination, um, some mechanics, um, basic drills that are going to be utilized in the sport that you're playing. So it still does depend on what part of the season you're in. Um, and that's kind of how you would decide the intensity levels. You just want to make sure you're not beating yourself up because you're beating yourself up, you go to perform in a game, now you're operating at 70% instead of 100%. So, yeah, no, that um, totally makes that's, sense. That's kind of how I see things as far as athletes training year round. No, that makes sense. What about you, E? What do you think on that? Um, I agree with everything. Um, I, I think it's so different finding a balance for each athlete, like you said. Like some have their own trainers and different um, every different sport, whether yeah. they're playing high school sports, club sports, they have like their parents are taking them here and, yep. and some. So I think it's a matter of communicating with the athletes. So once we get them in here and like you said, like they want to be here after we hear what they already have on their plate, kind of filling in the gaps. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's like what I take pride in is mm-hmm. like figuring out like when's their schedule, what does their schedule look like? I don't want to be giving them the same, the same workload as someone that isn't even in season yet um, yeah. because we're working on two different things. We have two different goals. Um, so I think communication with the athletes is the most important once we find out why they're here, how many days a week they're here, um, and just, like, working smarter, not, yeah. not detrimental to the health because, um, yeah, we could overwork them. So sure. No, that's awesome. That's perfect, perfect. So, so being that, obviously, this is the Elite Athlete Podcast, so um, what are some keys? What are some takeaways? Um, I'm a freshman in high school, maybe an eighth grader going into high school next year, and I want to be an elite athlete in my sport, whatever that sport may be. What are some, some I guess, consistent characteristics that you guys see in elite high-level athletes? What would you say out of you know these 10 elite athletes, all of them have these two or three or four things? What would those things look like so that way an athlete can hear you guys and say, okay, that's what I need to work on? So... To be a consistent elite athlete, you have to be consistent with what you're doing. So that's that's everything that's involved in it from strength training, nutrition, recovery. All of that has to be on point. You can't be strength training hard one week and then not doing any recovery that week. Yeah. And then the next week, maybe you're on point with your nutrition, but you're slacking on your strength training. That You have to be consistent day in, day out um, to get the results you want. Um, now, if you're talking about like an eighth grader, freshman year, you're starting with the basics, so you want to make sure you're doing everything with, with perfect form, whether that's lifting weights or you're running, doing speed and agility drills. You want that all looking as optimal as possible, so that way you have that aspect down, and now you can focus on getting better at those things. Yeah. Um, and kind of talking with Alicia, she is worried about people getting hurt, so if you're using bad form and trying to get stronger, you're absolutely going to get hurt. It's not... It's not, will you get hurt? It's when you're going to get hurt. Yeah. No, I like that. That makes sense. What do you got? How do I become elite? Um, I'm writing I, this down in my so, notebook. What do I need to do? 100% consistency. But um, yeah. I, I think it's also being coachable. Mm-hmm. Um, you could come in here already doing really well in your sport, but um, you, you hit a peak if you're not willing to listen to people that are wanting to help you get better because you think you know it all. Um, so... Yeah, just being coachable, coming in with a good attitude. Um, I know we all have hard days, um, but kind of like leaving it at the door of whether it's a or or just once you hit the field, wherever you're at, I think it's really important to separate those emotions and kind of just come in with a clear mind and a good a good mindset just in general. Because I mean, if you're in a bad mood, you're moping, um, 
you're not going to get things done okay. or you're not going to get them done efficiently. And yeah. um, I think, yeah, just coming in with intent, like knowing why you're here, um, what's driving you. Um, everyone has different goals. So I guess, yeah, just being consistent and working towards those, even on those rough days, um, even, yeah, through injuries, through any of it, um, just having a good mindset. Love it. Love it. No, that's awesome. Great. Great answer to both you guys. I love it. All right. So now this next one is going to be geared a little bit more towards trainers, right? to people that are in this industry because obviously with our podcast we have a lot of performance coaches and trainers uh from all over that like to kind of tap in and uh kind of see what we got going at phase one so when it comes to let's say a young trainer for example what are some key things that that a young trainer could be doing to continue to improve and get better you know and this is the trainer that you know may be newly certified or maybe they're still finishing up school and they're going you know i want to work with athletes i'm going to work with high school, college, pro, you know, just, sure. just want to get busy. What are some things that, that they should be focusing on right now? If you're a, a new trainer, um, surround yourself with people that are knowledgeable in the field that you want to end up performing in. So mm -hmm. um, if you're a brand new trainer and you're going to like a Planet Fitness or some small commercial gym like that, you're, you're not necessarily going to get the knowledge that you're looking for. You'll You'll get money from it and you'll get some happiness from that but if you're trying to excel at a specific part of training you need to be around those people especially coaches that have been doing this for 10 20 years like mike for example so um surround yourself with people that are better than you and that's going to help build your knowledge and build your skill set love it love it yeah what I, you got for the young trainers <laughs> i agree i mean i would say like i'm at kind of at that point um but my Having my experience as far as like throughout college and just different club teams, um, I keep in contact with a lot of my old um, my old trainers in general, whether it was my strength coach from college or my college track coach um, or just any coaches I've worked with in the past. Um, kind of just looking back at who are the people that actually helped me become elite or who are the people that taught me um, taught me what was what 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 it took to get to that next level. So kind of reverting back to that, and then also just staying up to date like I'm on Instagram following Scott University I'm, I'm just on YouTube watching as much as I can if I don't know something like I have an athlete with an injury or just they want to get better in a certain aspect and I don't know I just I look it up and I sp spend however much time I need to to either add that to their program or give them homework because um, a lot of these athletes do care so I got to also show that I mm. care so, that's yeah. good love it no, that's awesome so I have one more and this one is um, has been a little controversial on Twitter <laughs> Because, you know, Twitter is where all the arguments, all the good okay. stuff happens. As a trainer, as a trainer, does it matter if I am in shape or not in shape? If I am a trainer and I train, and we'll even say athlete, <laughs> we'll even say athlete performance. We won't even say, like, wellness or fitness. We're going to say we train. A, does it matter if I'm, a, you know, overweight, not in shape, and I'm not living the lifestyle at all, but I may have a wealth of knowledge. Like, I can have... 100 certifications and 13 degrees and I could be well versed and good at what, <laughs> at what I do is does that I mean what's you guys opinion and this is just opinion what's your school of thought is if this is the industry does it, is that important that you're in shape you look the part you're living a lifestyle or does that not even matter as long as you're producing the results I think it depends. Um, so, <laughs> so he's not going to answer the question. Is I'll, 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 I'll answer the question, but it, it depends. If you're a, a new trainer trying to break in, training athletes or whatever the case may be, um, I think it would definitely behoove you to be in pretty good shape and almost be able to outperform what these athletes are doing. Because if, 
if you're trying to get in with an NFL athlete or a D1 athlete and you're trying to show them a movements or a drill and it's looking sloppy when you're doing it, they're, yeah. one, probably not going to be very impressed, and two, they're not going to know how to do it the right way. Um, but now if you're 60-plus years old and you have hundreds of NFL athletes or NBA athletes under your belt, I think it matters a little bit less at that point because you, you already have kind of proved yourself. Yeah. People know what you're putting out is correct. You, you're, now your reputation is based off of the results you've gotten people rather than what you can do. Yeah, um, so point. it is kind of answering both sides. That's a good point. You know, depends man. where you're at. I like that politically correctness <laughs> of that answer. <laughs> no, that, that's good. That does make sense. I do get it. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I agree with like the fact that like if you have experience in the field and you have something to back up all of this information that you're yeah. trying to give athletes or at least tell them like, oh, this is going to make you faster. And you're like, that's weird because it doesn't look like you could even run up some stairs. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it has to do with like the yeah. knowledge or at least the experience they had in the industry. Like a lot of... I would say a lot of my track coaches, I wouldn't say that they are, they were faster than me when they were actually coaching me, but like they were able to show me drills and I was like, wow, like, yeah, you're like they're, pretty, they're, yeah. Pretty, yeah. they're pretty difficult. Um, yeah. But I, I personally, for myself, I want to be able to like actually be in shape to mm-hmm. show these kids, especially mm-hmm. we're working with kids all day. I'm having to reshow the same drills over and over again. And yeah. if I can't do it properly, are they going to take it seriously or are they going to understand that this is actually like a part of the program that's yeah. going to get them to what sure. they want. Yeah. Okay. No, that I, makes sense. I agree with me currently. I want to be, like I said, as good, if not better when I'm showing yeah. athletes yeah. what we're doing. So yeah. personally, I would say yes, but I can yeah. see both sides. <laughs> <laughs> so we know who the political person is here. <laughs> Running for a candidate, uh, mayor over here. Uh, no, I love it. That's awesome. I was just curious because it, it is a topic that's been around for years. Sure. Uh, on social media and different trainers. And you got the greatest coaches in the world, and they look like potatoes. Yeah, so some of them look like, like, so like yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like that falls in other industries, though. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, different. Like you have a hairdresser yeah. with like they never come with their hair done, exactly. but they can do amazing things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. So, uh, next question that I have is: Okay, I'm an athlete. What do I get when I sign up at Phase One Elite right here in Las Vegas? What does that mean? What do I get? What is that experience going to look like as an athlete that has no clue and just getting started and came across something on maybe social media and now they're here and they're starting? What does that mean? What am I getting as an athlete? So you're getting the full package when you come into phase one. That's uh, when I moved to Vegas, that was kind of the thing that separated this performance center from other places is they literally have everything under one roof. So from massage therapist, physical therapist, elite trainers, Mike with tons of knowledge. Um, you're, you're getting everything you could possibly need to increase your performance under one roof. Um, from all the recovery options that they offer here to all the different training programs and styles, you literally can accomplish any goal that you have here. Nice. That's 100% why I uh, wanted to join this team. Awesome. I am Chris, and I approve this message. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I would agree with yeah, every, having everything from yeah. that point. Even even adding on to the smoothie bar, like making sure yeah, these kids yep, understand yep. that, like when we're in here, we're we're tearing our muscles, we're we're tearing apart the body, so we have to replenish it. So, I mean, you have the recovery room, you also get in protein. But um, I think like kind of like to go back to like I guess like us, yeah. Um, just people that care, people yeah. that um, want to see these athletes get better. I don't care where you're starting. I want to see where you finish. I want to see where you go. 
Um, so yeah, just putting in the knowledge of, like of all as a collective to help um, any athlete that comes through here um, achieve any goals that they have. Love it. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Perfect. That was great. Great. All right. So my last question of the day. And FYI, they hate being on camera and talking. So, <laughs> just like we're gonna finish it up, but it's been great, you know. And uh, and I, I um, you know, I just have one more question, and then we're good. So, my next question is, what is next uh, for you and for Phase One? What are you guys working on on an individual basis under the Phase One kind of brand that athletes and people can look forward to here over the next few months? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be running a speed camp. Um, it's gonna be a program. Uh, I want to say about six weeks. We haven't put together the or I haven't put together the dates yet. Um, yeah, just helping athletes with um, mobility, speed, and uh, doing it efficiently. Uh, I feel like a lot of, like seeing everyone run, seeing everyone with their strength training. Um, I just I feel like they're fighting their own bodies. So yeah, just. Working on a speed camp. Got it. Helping okay. all athletes. I feel like having speed in any sport is, is beneficial. That's what Absolutely. kind of separated me as an athlete. Um, so I would love to help other athletes. Love it. Sounds good. Love it. Looking forward to it. So for all you uh, football players that are going about to be finishing up your season, the plan is to be running a pass-catching focused camp. So that's receivers, running backs, tight ends, all your kind of skill guys with that. Um, it's going to be everything from – Speed and agility, footwork, plyometrics, hand-eye coordination, um, breaking down how to run routes, releases, getting open, pretty much anything you could possibly want to learn as a pass catcher, like I said, from receivers, running backs, and tight ends. We're going to break that stuff down, and we're going to add tools to your tool belt. Nice. Love it, love it, love it. So I love it, man, and that was the last question. So any closing (laughs) remarks, any closing comments from you guys before we officially (laughs) shut it down? Uh, the podcast will get better each time we do it. That's what I got. See that silence? <laughs> yeah, it's going to get a little bit better every time we do this. <laughs> facts, facts, facts. What's your closing comments? Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> no, I love it. But uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Elite Athlete Podcast here at Phase 1 Elite uh, with our two elite trainers. So anything that you guys need, obviously you guys can see there's a wealth of knowledge and information that's sitting at this table and we're passionate about it. We're serving a purpose and helping athletes get to the next level. So anything that you need, whether you're in town or out of town, out of state, doesn't matter. Reach out, send a DM. Any questions you have, we will answer. So uh, make sure you guys tap in. And before I let you ride, how could they get in contact with you or if they want to follow you? What's your IG? Give them something. Know my IG. Her IG, we will put on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll put hers up. Uh, call phase one. Oh. Yeah, or call. What's her IG? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or go to phase one, elite, and then see if we tag it. Yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out. Uh, Chris, what is yours? You guys can find me on Instagram, CR underscore training. Okay, got it. Got it. She's like checking hers. Like, go for it. Just do it, man. We're good. We're you know, you we're, only, cut this out. we're only recording right now. No, nope, we got to leave it. We gotta no. leave it. It's authentic. We're keeping it there. Oh, Wait, really? Right mm-hmm. It's at Alicia Kristen. I, do I have to spell out my whole name? I mean, yeah, well, it's Alicia Kristen. No, we'll just put it. We'll just put it. We'll, we'll put it in. Yeah. All right. So once again, I want to thank you guys. If you have not already, make sure you subscribe uh, to the podcast, whatever platform you're watching it on, whether it's uh, Apple, whether it's YouTube, whatever it may be. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, Turn the notifications on because we are bringing you a new podcast every single week. And it is all about being an elite level athlete. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next one.